Good morning to those of you who are here with me in the Fellowship Hall, those of you who are watching over in the sanctuary. It is good to be together. I want to begin this morning by saying this statement to you. God has you right where he wants you. Let me say that again. God has you right where he wants you. And because of that, we can also trust in this next thing, which is that God has us right where he wants us. You know, in times of change, in times of turmoil, in times of uncertainty, we need to hear these words because they are the truth. And they're not just my truth. I'm not just making them up. I can be certain of these words because the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God and creator of the universe has unfolded his story And we are a part of that story. I love how Dan was referencing that again and reminding us of that again today. When we gather together in worship, we're here to be reminded of the story, God's story, that we are all a part of. A part of an unfolding story that continues to show up again and again in our lives. And we see so much of God at work when we take time to listen to his story, to be immersed in his story, And then to remind one another of that story for the sake of each other as a part of this community. And one thing that comes out of this all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God is a truth that we're going to be focusing on over these next couple of weeks. And that's this. God provides. God provides. God's provision shows up again and again in our lives. And here's the thing, God provides for us so that God can provide through us. And we're going to be looking at this and talking about this and this centered place within the biblical narrative. And we're going to be talking about it in terms of how God also speaks to us about financial stewardship. Now, as soon as I put those two words together, people get nervous. Oh boy, pastor's going to be talking about money. And the answer to that is, yes, I am. (laughs) But I'm not the first. Not just the first pastor to speak about it. But here's the reality. Financial stewardship is all throughout the biblical narrative. From the very beginning, whether we look at the story of Adam and Eve through to Cain and Abel. We continue on through the story of Abraham and on into Moses, from David through to the prophets, from Jesus right on through to Paul, we will see over and over and over again this concept of stewardship, and in particular, how that stewardship of life, which is just a fancy term for management, also applies to the area of our financial giving. This is just a reality, and it shows up again and again and again throughout this story. But to put this story into its proper framework, we have to start at the beginning. We have to recognize what it means to say that God provides for us so that God can provide through us. And that starts at the very, 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 very beginning of the story, where it says in the first words of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's pretty all-encompassing, I would say. If God created everything then we need to recognize that God is the source of everything. And God is certainly the source of everything good in your life, including your life. God is the source of everything. 
In the words of 1 John that goes and expands on this story, not 1 John, excuse me, the gospel according to John, it starts off with those similar words. And it reminds us that, that God who was there in the beginning, Jesus who was a part of the Godhead there in the very beginning, made everything. And there's nothing that has been made that was not made as a part of that first creation. Whatever you have, whatever you look at, whatever you see in your life today has its source in God and in God's desire to provide for us. Reminds me of that story, story of the, the man who wanted to challenge God. said, God, you know what? I believe that I can create life just like you have. God said, well, sure, go ahead, give it a try. So the man goes over to his laboratory and pulls out a box of dirt and begins the process, and God says, oh, 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 time out. Get your own dirt. See, no matter what it is that we have, it all finds its source in God. And that leads to the next thing, because if everything comes from God and belongs to God, including us, God is the source, and that makes us the resource. However it is that we live our lives, we live our lives as a resource of God's blessing, something that God intends to pour out into us and into our lives and provide for us so that he can provide through us. God is the source of everything. He is the source. That means we are the resource. What God puts into our hands is not meant to stay with us. It's meant to go out into the world and actually to multiply into the world. A biblical term for this that shows up very early in the scriptures is the term blessing. Blessed to be a blessing, actually. Right in the story of Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, we hear these words. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the promise that God gives to Abraham. Abraham, the father of faith. And he gives it very clearly with the understanding that the blessings that have been poured out on you only remain a blessing when you bless others. Blessed and blessing they go hand in hand to receive from God and to understand that his blessing is to recognize that whatever it is we have received, we are then to pass along. We are then to share with our neighbors, with our community, with the world, certainly with our family. All of those things come to us in this source from God, God who is the source and we who are the resource. Now, how does this multiplication of blessing take place? Because the way that God speaks to Abraham is, is powerful, and it takes that word, you being blessed, to being blessing and blessings. Blessings which are a multiplication of a blessing. How is it multiplied? Well, there's another biblical concept in understanding stewardship and multiplying his blessings that shows up repeatedly throughout the scriptures, and it is the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. You could also call it planting and harvesting. 
I don't know if any of you or any of you who are watching in the sanctuary grew up on a farm or are familiar with farming. Just raise your hand and let me know if you, are, if you grew up on a farm or if you've been to a farm or if you actually know what a farm is. Good, good, excellent, good, good. That covers most of us here. <laughs> Obviously, the concept of farming is something that is deeply rooted in our community. Now, now those who haven't had a chance to bring their children to a farm or something, I would encourage you to do that. I kind of missed out in my family. My brother and sister were a little bit older than I were, and when uh, they reached a, a, a particular age, they got to go off and be at the farm, the family farm, the farm of, of some cousins that were down in southwest Minnesota. And they got to spend a few weeks out there at the farm getting that feeling. By the time it rolled around to me, I don't know whether my parents got lazy or whether the farm closed or what the story was, but I didn't get to experience that being out on the farm. So it took much later in life for me to get an understanding of what farm life was about. As a matter of fact, it took until only a few years ago when my wife and I lived down in Sioux City, Iowa. Now, Sioux City, Iowa is not a small town. It's a community area. There are about 120,000 people. But what we noticed right away is that you could live right in, in downtown Sioux City, and within five minutes' drive in any direction, boom, you were in farm country. Fields of corn everywhere, all around us. And it was enlightening for us to just kind of witness and see this. Because it's like, you know, we just, we're not familiar with this kind of life. And as we would drive by farms, every once in a while, we would pull off to the side of the road on a beautiful fall day as harvest was approaching. We'd just kind of look over at the farm buildings and go, I wonder what it is they actually do in there. Now, thankfully, I, I had a business manager on the staff with me who was a farmer's wife. And so I learned through her, and we learned together through her, what the rhythms of life were like. Recognizing that in the, in the springtime, her husband would wait anxiously for the ground to reach the right temperature. It had to reach the right temperature. I had no idea that the ground had to be a particular temperature to start planting the seeds, but that was very important. And he would anxiously await for that time. And as he was anxiously awaiting, he'd be fixing up the equipment and, and preparing things. But, but when the moment hit, when that ground hit that right temperature, boom, it was time to go to work. It was time to go to work planting the seed, putting the seed in the ground, making sure that it was fertilized and tended to, and then hoping and praying that the sun would shine at the right time, that the rain would fall in the right way so that that seed would grow grow into a full plant, grow and, and mature until the fall would roll around. And just prior to the fall rolling around, you could start to smell the corn in the air. Again, something I had never experienced before. I was just told, yeah, yeah, take, take a drive out because the, the corn's starting to get ripe now. And if you drive by the fields, you'll smell the corn. And we did, and it was like, wow, this is, this is just amazing. What an incredible gift this is. And then it was waiting anxiously for the harvest. Again, waiting for the right time. Because the farmer that we, that we knew and worked with down there, he, he, he planted both corn as well as beans. And so when he planted soybeans, he had to wait till just the perfect time for those soybeans to get picked, for the harvesting to take place. And as soon as that moment hit, boom, he was in his tractor and there was no stopping him. His wife would bring out the lunch to him while he was still driving the combine out through the fields to make sure that there'd be no stopping, and it would go on 24 hours a day until everything was harvested. 
And of course, the harvest was based on the sowing. That which was put in the ground was determinative about what was going to be harvested in the fall. There was a direct connection. And the Bible makes this same connection. Obviously, in the times of Jesus and in the place that he was doing his ministry on earth, this was an agrarian society. People really lived their lives surrounded by the idea of planting, sowing, and reaping or harvesting. And so using this concept, Jesus and others would help to expound on it to help us understand something about the way in which things work in God's world and in God's economy. And we find out then as we go into the letters of Paul, a particular letter, his second letter to the church at Corinth. We're going to read a passage from there, and I invite you to open up your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to begin reading together, starting at verse 6. But as you're turning there, I want to set the stage for what Paul is talking about. Paul was busy in chapters 8 and 9, speaking to the church at Corinth about a special offering, an offering that needed to be received to help the church in Jerusalem. And Paul was earnestly going around and speaking to churches that he had planted and founded all around the Mediterranean and encouraging them to give financially to support the work of the church in Jerusalem. And he was encouraging them and he was reminding them of, of the way that God had blessed them and how their generosity was welling up. And as he explains this and shares this, he comes to this passage in chapter 9 beginning at verse 6. So listen to these words. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Well, there it is. The connection is pretty obvious, yes? There's no mistaking what Paul is talking about here. Paul is not just talking about sowing natural seed. He is making this connection to something that is a term that perhaps you have heard that's still used today. Have you ever heard the term seed money? If you haven't, you've heard it now. <laughs> seed money. It's making that connection between that which you have and give and seeing it as a way of planting something and preparing something for the future in the hopes that not only will it go and grow, but it will multiply into something that is then there to be harvested and reaped later. 
And this is a key part in understanding how stewardship works. The harvest is directly proportional to the amount of seed planted. You plant X amount of seed, proportionally there will be X amount of harvest. If you plant no seed, there will be no harvest. Thank you. (laughs) There will be no harvest. So planting and harvesting go hand in hand. Now, as I say that, there's something I really want you to understand. I am not saying that you plant as a way of getting something out of God. See, there are those who think that there is some way in which we give to God, and then by giving to God, we get something back from God. Listen, God has no need of anything from you. God is completely sufficient in himself. God chooses to share in this relationship with you by creating you and desires to be in relationship with you and pour out his blessings upon you. But you don't provide anything to God because there's nothing you could give to God that didn't start with him in the first place. And any good farmer also knows that while there is certainly this connection between that which is planted and that which is harvested, there is also risk that is in mind. There is faith that takes place. And sometimes in some seasons, the harvest is great, and in other times, the harvest isn't quite what was expected. This particular farmer who I've been referring to down in Sioux City, Iowa, he used to have friends of his who would come to him and ask him from time to time, hey, hey, uh, do do you ever go down and, and gamble at the casino in town? And he looked at them and said, why? I gamble every spring. I'm a farmer. And it's absolutely true. Because even in the short window of time that we lived in Sioux City, Iowa, there were years where the floods came. And the floods would wipe out and wash away a significant amount of the crop that was planted. There were other times where horrible windstorms would come through and flatten areas of his fields. Other times where the rain just never fell at the right time and and so that which was planted would wither and dry up in the fields. This was a part of the process, part of reality. And we understand that this reality also holds true in our lives. We don't plant to get something back. We plant faithfully in the hope that what we put in year after year after year after year will bring about harvests that will multiply what it is that we started with so that we are able to be generous, so that we are able to pour out blessings, to pour out love, one of our core values here at Community of Grace. So the provision and the multiplication of seed is God's work. The planting is ours. The planting is ours. We have a part to play in the way that this cycle of blessing works. God is the source. We are the resource. So as we resource to the community around us, we have a job to do. And that job involves planting, being a part of the planting, and then trusting the outcome to God, placing it in his hands, 
knowing that his blessings come around and come through in all sorts of different ways. But when we have eyes to see it, when we have faith and trust in how God works, we will see it. Sometimes in the small, sometimes in the large. Now here's the thing, and part of our reality. We all benefit from past harvests that other people planted. We are all here today benefiting, even as a community, here as a community of grace, because of the investment of time, energy, and money that our predecessors put into place. And that's good, because that's part of how the cycle works. There are those who were here then, who planted and invested, who today are not here among us, have gone on to their eternal reward, and are not reaping the benefit of what they planted. But you are, and I am. And for that, we do offer something to God. We offer thanksgiving. We offer thanksgiving to God for what he has done in our lives through those whom he has blessed in the past, through the blessing that they have invested and placed into us and into our lives. Our current blessings are tied to past giving. But that means that our future blessings are tied to current giving. So what we do now, what we do today, what we do next year and the year after that, that will determine what it is that God is able to pour through this place as a means of pouring out and multiplying his blessing. It comes back to us. If we want to see a blessed future for CGLC, we must sow seed today for that which we hope to see as a harvest in the future, even if that harvest isn't something that you and I ever personally benefit from. That's having a vision of blessing and multiplication. A letter is going to be going out this coming week explaining a bit of what our current financial need is. And these are extraordinary times that will require ordinary people to have extraordinary faith, to trust into the future. Now here's the thing. I have great faith in God and his people because I have witnessed his provision in my life and in the life of others again and again and again and again. So I have great faith that God will make sure that we have everything that we need. But I'm certainly not the only one who has witnessed the way God has been faithful, the way that God has honored his desire to bless us so that we can be a blessing. And I want you to see another example of that testimony right now. Turn your attention to the screen. Hi, Community, Hi, of, community Grace. of Grace. I'm Mark, I'm Mark I'm here to I'm share here a, share a, a bit. story about God's provision and some thanksgiving and some faith that we learned as I was a younger child. So growing up, I grew up on a farm outside of a town called Carlos up by Alexandria. And there's seven of us in our family and we lived in a pretty small trailer house. And we didn't have a lot of things. And I can remember a specific time when my mom and dad were contemplating donating and giving some money to an event at church. And we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot left over to give. 
But my dad was convinced that if you trust in the Lord, he will be watching over you and he'll take care of you. So even though money was tight, we did donate to that event. Within a couple of weeks, we actually won a drawing from a local grocery store in the exact same dollar amount that we had donated to that event at church. My dad and mom made it an important talking point to us that God doesn't always give back dollar for dollar, but if you put your faith in him and trust in him, if you bless others, he will bless you in return. This is a story I've shared many, many times with many people, and it's one I still get goosebumps today sharing. But it was a great way for my family to understand that even though times are tough, it's important to share what you have and to trust that God will always take care of you regardless of the situation. It's a good reminder, a good testimony. And I'm sure many of you could share similar testimonies with one another of the way in which God has shown himself faithful in your life. So where do we go from here? Well, here's what I would like you to do. Today, we're going to prepare an offering here in just a few moments. And for many of you, this is something that you just do. It's a part of what your discipleship journey has been, and and you are a regular giver, and you're going to continue to do that, and I thank you in advance for that. And maybe you've never given financially before, and that's okay. This is just part of your growth and your journey. But regardless of what that is for you, today, I want us to start from a place of prayer. From a place of prayer. Listening to the Lord. Saying, Lord, what would you have me do? God, you are the source. We are the resource. How would you like to use this resource as a way to bless others. See, if money is the seed, then prayer is the plow. And as we take time together today to pray, pray to the Lord and ask him, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? And also pray to the Lord that he would pour out his abundant blessing so that we would see every need met. God has you right where he wants you. God has us right where he wants us. But in the first few words of those phrases is this, God has you. God has you. And he holds you. And he loves you. And he cares for you regardless of anything that you do or don't do. He delights in you and delights over you. Remember that God has you. Remember that God has us. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the God who provides. And you are the source of every good and perfect gift that has come into our lives. And Lord, those good and perfect gifts are too many to number But Lord, as we come into this season of thanksgiving that comes around every year, Lord, we would be wise to remind ourselves of all of those ways in which you have so richly blessed us. And then, Father, to humbly submit ourselves before you, you who are the source of everything, 
to ask that question, Lord, how can I be a resource of your goodness? How can I be a resource of your blessing? How can I be a resource for the community, for my neighbors, for this family that you have called us into, Jesus, for this congregation, and for the future? Thank you, Lord. We trust in you for all of this because you have never failed to show your goodness and to show your provision in our lives. So we pray with expectation. God, use us to build your kingdom, not ours. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.